Hello and welcome to Genius Hack. Welcome. Episode welcome, eleven. Welcome. I know. If no, I, mean, I know before we did it. Where it's like if we were an episode of a season, we'd be this. But now, no, we did it for we movies. <laughs> oh no, I know what you mean now. Yes. Um, yeah, you were saying that people will be sick of us by now. Yes. <laughs> but now we're eleven episodes in, and we have too many. We have too many episodes for it to be a movie series. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, we're like Unless a TV we're James series. Bond. Uh, or or Fast movie. and the Furious. Yeah. So in other words, massively successful. It's true. Yeah. And obviously still much loved. And starring The Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genius hack. Yeah. Starring The Rock. Well, that, that's our big surprise for this year. Yeah. The, the Rock is joining the show. <laughs> Spoilers, jeez. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot. <laughs> that's for the season finale. <laughs> Someone's going to die. There's going to be a plane crash. Oh it's yeah. It's going to be great. You want to see spe- special effects. Yeah. The budget, the budget for the season finale is going to be unreal. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd expect nothing less mm. from I mean I spe- spent a good fiver you know just spent a fiver just to get some sparklers yeah <laughs> I know I know breaking the bank breaking the bank <laughs> if uh, you get the wrappers <clears throat> off sweets you can change the colour like if you hold them over like you know those old ones like the the clear ones like roses sweet. Yeah. no they don't have that type of thing I know what you're talking about though yeah. where they have the clear plastic kind of cellophane stuff that's science yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. That's lens tinting. Yeah. Or something. See? People who know more about cameras could probably Bring it all back around. <laughs> it's all science. <laughs> Everything is science. The world is science. Everything um, is science. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going there. Um, but we've Sorry. got an interesting show lined up for everybody. We do indeed. We've got some really, really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, earlier on today, uh, well, you can tell us about it. You spoke yeah. to somebody interesting. Earlier on, I was talking to a lady from... Wits. Wits, women in. Can I can't remember the. I can't remember the abbreviation. Wim, women in technology and science. Yes, because um, um, it's we're celebrating women in science essentially. Yeah, and because it is really important, and we kind of get forgotten a lot. Because mm. um, the only one that I could literally come out with was Mir- Marie Curie. And that's a lot of people's first. Yeah, uh, and she was <coughs> amazing. She was amazing, and like you know, oh, yeah. every right to be remembered. But when it comes to like naming a second one, they'll be like. She just sadly probably caused her own death yeah. by not knowing she had to be as careful as she did with this yeah. stuff she was experimenting with. <laughs> but <laughs> earlier on, like the the interview that I did was really interesting, yeah. and the, it's it's all about kind of encouraging women in technology and science to pursue their careers and to do it more in school and college and all this. And it you'll hear it all later, but mm. it's it was something that was started in 1990. And that it's still very much needed yeah. at the moment. And they kind of didn't think they were going to need it now when mm. they started it all out. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, I think uh, we'll explore that as the show goes on, I think. Mm. And a, it, a big theme with this is kind of um, the fact that organisations like this shouldn't be needed. Yeah. And I think we've both done interviews with groups like this and just other awareness things where yeah. that's, they all say the same thing. It's like, we really hope that someday we don't need to exist. Yeah. And, and this is one. I I do always feel in those kind of interviews, it's kind of funny because you're like, oh, well, hopefully, hopefully you we don't never last have to speak to you again. Yeah, hopefully <laughs> your organization doesn't last much longer. <laughs> and we mean it in the best way possible. But like the opposite to what we'd say to anybody else exactly. we'd interview. Like, you know, hopefully you're still going in 10 years time. Yeah. Hopefully you don't need to exist yeah. in 10 years time. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be getting into that. Yeah. We'll be looking at some really interesting uh, facts. It's, well, it's not really facts as much as it is some really uh, influential women in science. We'll be mm. talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we've got some mind-blowing news stuff 
for later on in the show. Yes. Um, we've got some really big news stories that are going down. Um, Love news. We're, we're going to give the news a little bit more time as well today, I think, because yeah. we have a tendency to squeeze the news yeah. <laughs> at the end. <laughs> and by the way. <laughs> and by the way, here's like five news stories in like yeah. the last 30 seconds of the show. Yeah. We're going to give it a little bit more time today and actually discuss some interesting news stuff because there is some really interesting news stuff. Yes, yeah, that is very good. Uh, but to get started, I think we'll look at, as I said, some really interesting... Science ladies. In science, some yeah. ladies in science. Have you heard of Heidi Lamar? No, mm. no. And a lot of people haven't. Uh, and a lot of people who would know who she is know her as an actress and a model. Oh. Um, and she, there was a lot of controversy. She appeared in a film um, called Ecstasy, a German film, mm. in 1933. She appeared nude in the film and there was a lot of controversy oh. about this. It was the 30s. Yeah. So obviously that was like, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and the, t- the problem with her, and I have a picture of her here, and you can kind of nearly see it to an extent. She was stunning. Oh. Absolutely stunning. Very but much of the time as very, well, like yeah, very glamorous. 30s glamorous Hollywood yeah. sort of look. And But the problem was, as it has happened for a lot of women with stuff like this over the years, her looks kind of overshadowed everything else. Mm. And it was one of those things where people remember her for that. Okay. Remember her for being this absolute stunner and she was a great actress and she was a model like, and oh, all this stuff. She did science. Yeah. But she was so pretty. But she did amazing stuff in science. Um as, as I said, definitely more than a pretty face. Yeah. Um, herself and uh, a person she worked with, George Ath- Ath- mm. mm-hmm. Anthiel. An- Anthiel? I can, um, Good how name. would you pronounce that name? Anthiel. Anthiel. It's a very interesting name. But anyway, her and George developed a radio guidance system. <clears throat> yeah. And the technology that's used there has been used in multiple other things from the phone you're using now to Wi-Fi. Um, no way. It was a massively important and influential thing. Yeah. And like it took a long time for her to be really recognised for it. Now she has been in 2014. She was inducted into the invent the National Inventors Hall of Fame. Oh, brilliant! So she has gotten the recognition now. Yeah. But like, that's a huge. That's massive. Thing. And I mean, the worst part is like I I mean I wa- I've watched a lot of movies mm. from like the 1930s, 40s, 50s because I love that style. And yet I still didn't know her. Yeah. So like I like science and I hadn't heard of her and I like those style movies that I still hadn't heard of her. So it's I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like that and but I think that's the thing. I think the problem is there's a lot of and as we go through this we'll find out more about it. There's a lot of women who've done amazing things mm. in science. And sure. we don't know about them. Sure, um Ayan Balak, who is in the Big Bang Theory and she's oh, blossom. Yes, yeah. Um, <coughs> she like they, she was doing a red, uh, red carpet, and um, they were saying, <coughs> "Excuse me." Uh, there's they asked some question about it. it's like oh like made a joke about um, uh, physicists, and she mm. was like, "I am a physicist. I have a PhD mm. in uh, what is this in like rocket, literally rocket science." Yeah. and there's like oh, mm. I like kind of making a joke because she was a girl and she was working in this industry and all this. She was like, "No, I was a kid actress. Then I stopped being a kid actress." And I went and went to college, did my PhD, did everything. And she's like, yeah, I'm going to go back to to acting for another little while. And it's just that assumption that's just ingrained. It's so weird. But like her response was unreal. She just really shot them down. Like, excuse me. (laughs) Who does she play in it? Um, um, uh, Sheldon's girlfriend. Oh, Amy. Amy. No, Um, that's. Yeah, uh, no, that's Amy. Oh, yeah. Who's the blonde one? Bridget. Bernadette. No, Bernadette, sorry. Yeah, sorry I know, I know yeah, I'm sorry. a big man theory. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and the funny thing is she's a biologist in the show. Yeah. You think they would have like, you know, maybe cast, I yeah. thought that's not acting, is it? Yeah. <laughs> you're basically you're playing yourself, yeah. it's not really acting. <laughs> like uh, offering her the role. It's like, oh, do you want to be a physicist in that? Like, nah, I do that anyway. <laughs> mm. 
But uh, yeah, no, that's a really good point. Like, yeah. it's, I think that was probably what it was. I think if one of the lads had have said that they were also a physicist or something, yeah. people would or have just it would have been, oh, okay. would have been already well known. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It would have been known. And I think it was known amongst fans of the show. Yeah. Because I know... Um, like, I'd heard that, that she was. She was a scientist herself. And yeah. I remember seeing, like... Because uh, when that show first came out, I was in love with it. Like, yeah. I binged that show. <laughs> um, kind of because it was one of the first shows on TV. That and the IT crowd. That I kind of had... The IT, the IT crowd, if anybody hasn't seen it and you're into geeky or it's stuff like so that, funny. watch the IT crowd. Chris O'Dowd, man. Oh, my God. It's so... And uh, Richard Iowadi. Yeah. I, I, I can always, never pronounce his last name. I, I think it's Iowadi. I think it is, yeah. Um, brilliant. Absolutely, Such just cool. fantastic, and you're the, I both pair them and um, together and not together. They're just hilarious. Yeah, brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen it, watch it. That's that's a good geeky recommendation. Yeah, I definitely, suppose. definitely watch that show. Um, but <laughs> sorry, uh, what was I going to say about? Yeah, but those shows kind of came around at a time when I think the whole. Like now, the whole geek culture and stuff like that mm. is, and sciencey stuff and all has become really popular, and mm. it's becoming more popular, yeah. which is great. But I think at the time when those kind of shows came around, like the Avengers films weren't a, hadn't come out, and like yeah. comic book things hadn't become such a big money maker and all this stuff. So it was just something that was like, oh look, a TV show that has people in it who are into the same kind of yeah. stuff that I'm into. Like, <laughs> Maybe it's a little bit less weird now. <laughs> like, it was so cool. Like, yeah. Those shows are great. They're How so did we funny. get on to talking? <laughs> <laughs> May and Balak. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, yeah, go watch. Uh, definitely, the IT crowd. Uh, the IT crowd, especially if you're a bit disillusioned with Big Bang Theory, because I know a lot of people are now. Yeah. Over time, people have gotten a bit kind of like soured on it and stuff. Yeah. And fair enough. But if, you're, if you like that idea of something that kind of like embraces geek culture a little mm. bit, and that did it before it was really popular to embrace geek culture so much. Definitely <laughs> give that a watch. So <clears throat> it is. And it's, I find anybody you mention it when you're talking about it starts laughing like that yeah. because stuff starts coming back to them. <laughs> it's just that kind of a show. I think I've watched the whole thing start to finish more, it's, it, more times than I care to remember. Mm. It's, it's, it's good. It's brilliant if you're not a big fan of flying, actually. Um, I, yeah, because like I have really bad anxiety. It's not so much a fear of flying. It's just I I get anxious. And then by the time I'm boarding the plane, I've accepted my death. <laughs> I've just been like, I had a good run. Like, that's it. And I'm not like I, I, I don't have panic attacks on the plane or anything like that. I'm very calm because I know I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm just at peace. And I just downloaded um, when I was going to Berlin, I, I downloaded like six or seven episodes of it <laughs> and binged it. I was never happier and I was like, oh, look, I made it and I got to watch the IT crowd. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but back uh, to the female well, scientist. Back to the female scientist. Um, you mentioned Marie Curie mm-hmm. at the start. <clears throat> well, her daughter continued in her... Yeah. Because it was obviously Marie Curie and her husband, Pierre, yeah. worked together on a lot of stuff and her daughter followed in her footsteps and worked with her husband yeah. and actually herself won a Nobel Prize. <laughs> So, like, she kind of kept that going and it was in uh, radioactivity that she continued to kind of study in and stuff. So she definitely kept the family tradition sort of going. Was she protected? Was she protected? Around the radioactivity. Oh, well, at that point, I'd say, yeah, there was a lot more knowledge of, like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't be so <laughs> handsy with this stuff. Like, Just put in your face. <laughs> but obviously, Marie Curie herself, um, her reputation is, precedes her. Yes. Everybody, I think, even if you don't really know, my, my memories of Marie Curie, the first time I'd heard of her, was actually Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Really? There's an episode of Sabrina the Teenage Witch where they bring uh, <gasps> Marie and is Pierre. That, yeah, Zelda brings them back. Yeah, she brings them into modern times. Yeah. Time travel, whatever you want to call it, and um, 
she's in that episode and I just remember the whole time she always refers to him as Pierre <laughs> she spits every time she <laughs> says his name yeah. and really really funny that was my first knowledge of like oh who's this Marie Curie person yeah. oh she's actually a real person yeah. um, but obviously she's she was uh, the first woman to be awarded a Nobel Prize mm-hmm. Um, she's the only person to have won a, mo- a, no- a mobile, mobile prize, <laughs> a Nobel Prize in two different sciences, two different disciplines. Oh, wow. Yeah, no one else has done that. Um, and that's only person, not only woman. She's yeah, the only, only person who's done it. Uh, the first one, she uh, was a shared Nobel Prize in physics in 1903 that she shared with her husband. <laughs> but the second one, uh, it was her husband and another colleague, And but the second one was one in chemistry and she won that by herself in 1911. Good so stuff. that was completely her own stuff, like that was separate. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's fantastic. That's amazing. The fact that she, like, she has two. She's the only person <laughs> with two in two different disciplines. Yeah. And especially at the time that the second one, she'd gone and done it by herself. Yeah. You know, like, that's amazing. What a Absolutely gal. incredible. Um, <clears throat> uh, Annie Easley, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing her surname correctly, but it, me and surnames. Um, it, trailblazer for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, female and also African-American. Um, she was African-American computer scientist, <clears throat> a mathematician and a rocket scientist working for NASA. Nice. Mm. And as this was back in the 50s, so yeah. the fact oh, that she was big, African-American big was also a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, as I said, a trailblazer for two reasons yeah. here. Um, she was one of only four African-Americans that were working with, in a group of 2,500. So, like, that's oh how small this was. So, the fact that she was one of only four African-Americans in a group of two and a half thousand and she was female. Yeah. Um, says an awful lot. And she was a leading team member. Good stuff. So, like, this was, like, really, really big. And this would have been not just before, but <clears throat> a little over ten years before the moon landing. So Oh, yeah. Quite the time to be a part of NASA as well. That's the thing. If you're going to be part of NASA, that's, like, a, a pretty big time to do it. Yeah. Uh, but I think that kind of stuff is unreal and people like that uh, I think are f- amazing you know mm. where she had like two massive roadblocks yeah. that should have stopped her mm. that anybody else probably would have either one of those roadblocks yeah. could well have stopped them Yeah, and she didn't let us stop her she oh. went on to be a, you know a, a team leader essentially working it, on a project in NASA it's inspirational like it is and I mean I think I've said it there Don't a couple of times up. but to drive that home to be one of only four Four African Americans on a team of two thousand five hundred, and to be female. Yes. In the fifties, yes. working in. And that's like, like that's in the fifties. Like, fifties was not a great time in America. No. So, so unreal, absolutely unreal, yeah. and definitely a name that should be remembered a lot more than it is. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, look at Florence Boscom, <coughs> Boscom, excuse me, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, one of these people that, again, I don't think many people's names, many people that name would that would kind of ring a bell. Mm-hmm. I know it didn't for me. Yeah. Um, well known in geology, because um, early on she she got into geology very early when the field wasn't seen as being as kind of big a deal as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, she was the first woman hired by the United States Geology Survey. Mm-hmm. <coughs> um, she was also one of the first women ever to earn a master's degree. Um, and only the second to earn an American PhD in that field. What? Mm. Holy moly. Yeah. As I said, these are names that should be just the like... Common knowledge. Yeah. They should be huge. Like a hi- household nail, name. Nail? Mm. <laughs> name. That's the, that's the one. Uh, absolutely. No, absolutely. They should be, you know, absolutely should be household names. Yeah. And they're not. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's again, I think it just speaks to the um, the overall 
feeling with of the time definitely mm. and even it prevails a little bit today and you spoke about it in your interview which we'll get to in a few minutes mm. um where it's like it's they're not seen as roles that women would get into mm. you know these are me- they're men's jobs you know yeah, that kind of thing yeah. like they're seen that way and yeah. i think it's it's silly <clears throat> to be in 2019 and to still have that mentality like mm. i mean what exactly is a boy's job like yeah. i mean it's oh, it's just stupid now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Absolutely is. Um, another one here, um, Mary Leakey. Uh, really one I'm hoping I'm saying right. Uh, she was a British paleontologist. She oh, uh, discovered, yeah. Uh, well, she actually discovered an early human ancestor. Oh, cool. Um, an, an ape. Uh, I'm gonna definitely going to get this wrong, called Proconsul. Um, That's right. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm think I'm saying that right. Yeah. Um, but she was she discovered a lot of fossils over the course of her mm-hmm. career. Uh, discovered fifteen new species <coughs> and new genuses over the genuses. Is that the plural <laughs> of genus? Um, genuses, but like fantastic! Like that's yeah. you know, some big accomplishments. Definitely, because everything I love I love fossils and things like that, and even dinosaur skeletons. It's fascinating because mm. I mean it's all well and good. It's one of those things that you have to stop yourself when you're seeing it. Like you know, it's all well and good seeing the the T Rex skeleton, and you're just like cool. But then we're just like, this is like a kajillion years old. Yeah. The, <coughs> we weren't always here. We probably won't always be here. Yeah. This used we're to live here. AI to follow us up and yeah. destroy us. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it is something that you have to remember when you when fossils are discovered. Like how mm. much they are going to mean to oh, research yeah. and what is it the missing link. Yeah. Still, <laughs> still missing. It's still missing. Does it even exist? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but another one talking in that same field mm-hmm. uh, with kind of paleontology and uh, I suppose geology as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary Anning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> she pretty. I, I actually I'm on the website. I'm looking at the minute for the information on her. Is a website called um, Factony, and I want to read the little blurb they wrote on her because it's actually a really nice little story. Yeah. Um, so Mary was in a, it was still a curious 11 year old when she discovered her first fossil. Oh my god! Um, her brother had dismissed it as a crocodile, <laughs> and it turned out to be an ichthyosaurus, <gasps> which is an aquatic dinosaur. Yeah. Um, and that's amazing yeah. like she just came across this aquatic dinosaur that her brother had just gone ah, leave it it's a crocodile <laughs> I love that unreal uh, and what's amazing about her is all these other scientists as incredible as they are and mm. as incredible as the accomplishments they have behind them are you know they worked for NASA or mm. they went and got degrees and PhDs and all this stuff she taught herself anatomy geology paleontology and scientific illustration. Oh my god! And discovered hundreds of fossils. How? Up to two hundred from up to two hundred million years ago. Now put that into like we just talked about this woman a few minutes ago, and I'm yeah. not trying to compare people. Yeah. But it was amazing that she had discovered fifteen new species and all this stuff. But the fact that this woman had taught herself yeah. all of these different disciplines and discovered hundreds of fossils, some of which were up to two hundred million years old. Wow. That's unreal. I, I've, I'm i kind of dumbfounded. <laughs> it's mind-blown. Yeah. It is absolutely mind-blown. She was a special lady. Really, really was. Like, a special human being. Like, that's yeah. just... To go and do that. Like, I mean, to most ha- people... To have that self-motivation. Yeah. Most <laughs> people can't motivate themselves to learn one thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, how long have I been trying to motivate myself to learn a language and I haven't done it I was it yet. about to say, <laughs> like, my school tried for six years to get French into me and still not. <laughs> but this person went out and she, as I said, again, taught herself anatomy, geology, paleontology and scientific illustration. And it's not like these are exactly easy things to no. learn. <laughs> Absolutely not. Like, these are, you know, 
each one of those is a discipline in and of itself. Yeah, very complex. And I mean, you can say, okay, maybe she didn't like master them all. Fair enough. But obviously, she had to have enough had a of massive an understanding, understanding of all of them, enough yeah. that she could identify these yeah. fo- fossils and discovered so many of them. Jeez, like that's, that's just so crazy. Real. Um, we might leave it with this last one because um, we're the time is flying by. Um, Sally Ride. This one again, trailblazer for two two reasons. Um, first American woman to fly in space. Nice. But actually, three reasons, and I'll get to the third one in a minute. Uh, that was back in 1983. Um, it was also later discovered because her partner talked about it later on after she died. She was also the first LGBT person in space. No way. The very first back in 1983. She never oh, came wow. out during her life as far as I can figure out yeah. um, but her after her death her partner uh, talked about their relationship and confirmed that they were actually a couple Aww. and I suppose maybe it was the time that was in it or something she yeah. couldn't really come out and, <clears throat> and speak about it yeah um, but on top of all of that she still to this day holds the record for being the youngest person to ever go into space no way how old was she um, it doesn't say <laughs> <laughs> you'd imagine the article here would say yeah. um, but she was young, the youngest person to go into space and like those three things yeah. like the first woman in space the first LGBT person in space yeah. and the youngest person to ever go into space wow that is so cool mm. and she's a gal yeah <laughs> and there you go like that's the kind of thing it's like it's these people should be more well yeah. known and I mean like it is it's, it's fun facts like that that mm. you want that are easy to remember and yeah. easy to just be thrown around the internet kind of thing that it's not like it's something really complicated and hard to remember. It's, if, oh. I mean, like, right, be honest here, right? We went through about, what, five or six people there. Mm. How many of them did you know before the names came out? One. Marie Curie? <laughs> yeah. The only other one I kind of knew was I knew her daughter had con- continued yes, in science yeah, as well, no, but when, I didn't know yeah. her by name. But I, and I'd forgotten. Mm. I'd only remembered <clears throat> when I saw Curie again. I was like, oh, yeah. And, yeah. like, that was probably as an aside in my history book. I'm like, oh, and her daughter was great too. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's okay, obviously what um, Marie Curie, Curie you, did like, was incredible. But, but you always have to wonder, well, this is probably me just being cynical. Did she get as much recognition because her husband was also up there? Like, and it was kind of the two of them together. Possible. And she kind of surpassed him a little bit. Possible, but then and at the same time, she's two Nobel Prizes to her name, one of which she was nothing to do with. So obviously, either way, she blazed her own trail anyway. Oh, oh God, 100%, yeah. But I'm just saying that, is it, was it because her name was cropping up the same in the same places that her husband was? That's why oh, she's possible, more household. Yeah. Whereas the other ones, the their husband or partner or whatever, wasn't in the same field and getting all this recognition yeah. based on the just based on the decades as well it's quite possible mm. uh, I mean no that's just me just throwing my no, cynicism I, into there but it, no like, I think you're right the question and not it. to take away from anything she did because she is amazing but so yeah. are all these I mean you, see, to really put it into perspective mm. and as you said not to take away from anything she did we yeah. couldn't possibly take away from anything she did exactly. because her stuff was so incredible Yeah, but it shows how important and how like earth shattering her work was yeah. that of all these women who've done all these incredible things yeah. even though we haven't heard of most of them and it's yeah. been so hard to have heard of most of these people yeah. we've heard of her yeah. you know like at least somebody from that yeah. list has kind of come through yeah. and I mean you know, we haven't gone through every single woman who's ever yeah. done stuff in science <laughs> we'd be here longer than we could do episodes of, yeah. on it um, but it shows how amazing her work still was that even though her peers maybe we hadn't heard of and mm we don't hear of sadly we heard a whore yeah you know which is pretty amazing yeah oh 
but ho- and hopefully this is like a, a dying thing and maybe in a few years time people will be more familiar with these names hopefully yeah. and I mean I think it's why sadly we do still need organisations like WITS yeah. and we still need days like uh, well yesterday yeah. um, the International Day of the International Day of Women and Girls in Science yeah um, we still need that and as you kind of like little <clears throat> just like your little poker to mm. be like hey still an issue and it like that's one thing that is kind of forgotten because we like society is moving on a great deal Mm -hmm. but it's not there yet that's why you still like like that in any kind of sense that's why you still have pride parades that's why you have international women's day because we're not there yet we still need these kind of things and and today sorry yesterday Mm. it's great to have something you know something like this in that i think it's Obviously, you've got these other, you know, much larger events that mm. are much more publicised to talk about different awarenesses for different things. Yeah. I don't think many people know yet that this is a thing. Yeah. You know, like, I think, because, you know, not not to take away from it at all, but everybody knows what Pride is. Yeah. You know, everybody has heard of that and knows what that is. Yeah. Again, not to take away from that in the yeah. slightest. But I don't think very many people know of this. Yeah. I don't think very many. I think, i say people probably assume there's a day yeah. of women in science, but a lot of people yeah. don't know for a fact that there is. I didn't. No. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't either until I started doing research on it and yeah. I found, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. And a little thing, just we're, we are going to get on to your interview now, yeah. but there's a little thing I really like about it is the fact that they went to the, even though it's not the catchiest name in the world, <laughs> they went for actually saying women and girls in science. Yeah. Because I think it is so important, like with anything, yeah. getting into it young. Exactly. Getting girls interested in it yeah. and kind of going, look, it's, it's something that you can get into when you're still in school, get started, exactly. learn now. I, that's what I was about to say. It's something that should be drilled into you in school. And again, in the interview, I'll talk about my experiences with that kind of stuff in school. And it wasn't great because mm. I went to an all-girls school, which yeah. sucked. <laughs> and a lot I, of lost opportunities, I think. But I think, that could have just been my, my own experience. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely. And I know what my school, um, my school might have been an anomaly, but mm. the, our science classes were mostly girls. Yeah. Um, you which, see that a lot in mixed schools. Yeah, it was mostly girls. Yeah. Um, I think... Because I did biology Same. and biology was, that's all. I think biology seems to be the one that appeals to, has always seemed to have, draw more female students yeah. than the other two. Um, but even with the other two, uh, it was the same with my maths classes as well, actually. It was mostly girls. Yeah. Like in the higher level maths classes. You so, see that, yeah. actually, in statistics, you see that a lot, actually, just mm. in general. Um, but it is interesting. And it should correlate to the workplace, but it doesn't seem to. Nope. You know? um, but as I said, Yet. you'll get into all that stuff uh, <laughs> In the interview yeah. um, with Julie, after, which we're going to go to, um, we'll go to now in a few minutes. But uh, a lot of these facts, I said, go go look it up online. There's so many more people. Yeah. There's so many more interesting so people interesting. that you should really look into and know who they are. And it's really encouraging as yeah. well. Absolutely, because yeah. it's nothing. If anything, I think for me, and I think we all we'd all have different people. But for me, I think the person who was like by far for me the most ins- inspiring was um, Annie uh, Isley. Yeah, Isley, Isley. No, um, I agree. Because just the the barrier she broke down. And how, and the barrier she broke down and when she did it. When she like, did it, 55. Holy crap, like that. 1955. The only, one of <laughs> one of the only females and one of the only African Americans on a team of two and a half thousand people. That's astounding. Like, she's amazing. Yeah. She's she's someone who should be yeah. in your history books. Should be much stuff. bigger. 
And I, I know in um, in the US, I think it's this month is Black History Month. Yes, yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and she's somebody that I think definitely should be should highlighted be yeah. for, you know, when you're talking about people like that who broke barriers, not just yeah. for women, but yeah. for African-Americans. Yeah. It's huge. It's amazing. Definitely. Absolutely amazing. But your interview. Yes. Yeah, we shall go to so that now. You can you can introduce that now. <laughs> <laughs> or I suppose you just did. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, have a listen. Uh, it's really good. It's fantastic. And uh Join us back after this. So you're here to tell us a little bit about Women in Technology and Science. It's a national independent voluntary organisation. That's right. So I'm the chair of WITS. Um, and as you said, we're a national voluntary membership organisation. Um, we were founded in 1990 by oh. Mary Mulvihill, the Irish Times science journalist. No way. I didn't realise that. Yeah, so we've been around quite a while. Yeah. Um, I hope we won't be around too much longer. <laughs> Um, and do you find that there's been a lot of enthusiasm surrounding it? Um, it's actually interesting to see that the enthusiasm, the the need hasn't gone away. Um, mm. The need for equality for women working in technology and science yeah. in general. Um, and in fact, we've had a lot more interest in the last few years and membership has been increasing in the last few years, particularly among students. Okay. Because I suppose, like, unfortunately, it's still a case where women and women in science and technology like they are there but um you don't always associate those jobs with girls no <laughs> and i think in ireland generally we're we've been pretty bad at celebrating our scientific heritage mm. so we really uh, in the last few years with the um, multinationals coming into ireland that we've um, acknowledged that we're, we're actually good at this yeah. um we, we have the facility in maths and sciences um, yeah. and we should be uh, making more of it so it's uh, it's more uh, it, more men are taking advantage of it, but, yeah. but women don't seem to be for some reason. And do you think like maybe that starts in schools, like that, like the facilities or the encouragement isn't there, or is it like a kind of societal mental block, like not necessarily just kind of on on a personal level more so than a on a grand grander level. Uh, it's certainly a cultural thing. Mm. Um, we still do have this association that you know girls are too pretty to do maths and, you know, it's not really a suitable job for a woman to be an engineer. Yeah. Uh, speaking as an engineer, it's a perfectly suitable job for a woman. Um, but, yeah, we do have this culture of thing and that does uh, start to show, it starts to cause problems, I think, in secondary school. I was just looking at the stats earlier and we have the same number. We have actually more girls doing higher level science, a junior cert, really? than boys. Yeah, uh, just slightly more. But when it comes to the leaving search, um, the, the girls seem to all move into life sciences or mm. mostly move into life sciences, biology, um, and move away from physics and from chemistry for some reason. Actually, yeah, I've I've noticed that as well. Like when I was in school, um, I did I studied biology and home ec, and um, which were fantastic together. And like that was simply because like I just I was not good at maths and. Um, chemistry and physics were kind of write-offs for me because I didn't have the head for them. But um, yeah. like the the physics class was nearly cut because there was only seven girls who wanted to do physics, and um, yeah. it was it was too small. But because the girls who were going to be studying physics were going to need it in college, like they they couldn't cut it. But this was a, a year group of 120 girls, like, and only seven did physics. It's absolutely crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I mean. For those of us, you know, my friends who would have gone into engineering and into sciences and technology generally, um, if you ask them, they'll tell you that they were just lucky enough to go to schools where they had those opportunities. Yeah. You know, I was lucky enough to go to a, a school where 
you know, similar size cohort, yeah. um, but but there was a full physics class. There was a full chemistry oh, class, honors chemistry, honors physics, honors yeah. maths. Um, so it was a great it was a great opportunity, and you know there was a few engineers graduated out of that class. Cool, and like in in today's society, do you find that there is, as you said, that there's more enthusiasm, there's more kind of reactions to women in technology and science, the organisation? Is it because as a as a society and in the world, things are moving very fast when it comes to technological advances and science and space travel and everything. Do you think it's because more people are getting curious about it and it doesn't matter if you're a girl or boy or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is that science and technology, they're all around us. I mean, mm. every job now involves science and technology to some extent. I'm sure exactly. you're sitting in front of a desk full of electricity. Yeah, <laughs> um, full of know, wires. But, yeah, if you work in the bank, you know, you have to work and you have to understand data analytics and yeah. uh, technology. We can't get away from it anymore. There isn't a separation between being um, scientific and being artistic. They just cross over. It's a, and I think that's something that we always need to remember because just kind of have a little look around, even look at your phone, like the amount yeah. of technology that's sitting in your pocket, even the internet. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We're all carrying around in our pockets more technology than, than landed uh, men on the moon. Yeah, yeah, it's mad. And it's crazy you, computing power. <laughs> yeah, it blows my mind. <laughs> um, and like, do, is there any, like, do people go around to schools to give talks about um, like careers in science or? Yeah, there's a number of role models programs. Um, mm-hmm. and, and which, we work generally with third level students and up, but there's a lot mm-hmm. of programs which work with primary and secondary school students. Oh, cool. Um, there's Junior Achievement Ireland that has a, uh, Wise program, yeah. Um, and Science Foundation Ireland run a Smart Futures program. Okay. Engineers Ireland run Steps. So there's yeah. there's lots of encouragement for not just girls, but for for girls and boys yeah. to take up scientific and technological careers. And, and part of it is just you don't necessarily know what a software engineer does when yeah. you're thirteen or fourteen. That's it's it. hard to relate that to to your own interests and to yeah. feel whether or not you could do it. Yeah. And especially so, if you if you hear about it and then you might realise, oh, I don't have the subjects for it. Or kind of if you if you heard about it a bit too late, then you have to go back and uh, either repeat a subject in the Leaving Cert or do do a level six or seven to, to get into it. So it's yeah. good to have that awareness that like it is kind of being let known to younger to the younger generation as well, not just in um, colleges. Absolutely. I mean, because it's... Um, if you don't have the subjects to get into the universities or third level institutions or mm. internships or whatever it might be, um, you know, you can't pr- progress any further. I mean, most of what we do is more about keeping women in um, in the courses, making sure that they don't drop out, keeping women yeah. in the industry, because there's actually very high dropout rates oh. for women working in science and technology, higher than for men. I didn't realise that at all. Yeah, there was a study done in Scotland um, in 2012 and they found that women working in in science and technology, engineering and maths areas, were 50% more likely to to drop out of those areas and go to work somewhere else than men were. Really? And do you think Um, that's more of like an an internal thing or is it a a subconscious reaction or...? I think it can be a number of things going on. I think some... Not where I work in electronics, it's not as old school. There's not as much <laughs> um, overt uh, sexism, if you like, yeah. you know, because it's a younger industry and people are just more um, 
I don't know, more um, open to change. Some of the older industries, maybe more um, heavy um, engineering, it can be a bit more old school. Civil engineering can be a bit more old school. And it can. Yeah. It, and you're often, there are fewer women employed, so you might be the only woman in the team. Yeah. And it can be harder to keep going because you're representing all of womankind <laughs> on your own. No you know? pressure. No pressure, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, if you do something wrong, it's not just you've made a mistake and you'll, yeah. you know, learn from it. No, all women have, are terrible and make mistakes. So that kind of thing. Yeah, it'd be very daunting. Um, it can be. And I think as well, still, uh, especially in Ireland, um, we not especially in Ireland, but still <laughs> in Ireland, we do have inequalities in mm. um, childcare and uh, family leave. So the burden does fall disproportionately course, yeah. on women. Yeah. And, um, and that's why we have more part-time, uh, more women working part-time than men working part-time in Ireland. Oh, I see. I sw- yeah. <laughs> when you think about it like that. Um, yeah. I have here that there's, like your vision for, for WITS um, is a society where women have equal opportunities, experiences and recognition in STEM. Do you feel like, or STM, um, do you feel like you're, you're close to reaching that goal or is there still a, still a while to go? Oh, I think we're a long way from that. Yeah. Unfortunately, you know, yeah. that's why I was saying at the start that I love if if wits didn't exist, if we didn't need to exist. Yeah, because as you said, it was 1990, was it? It was founded. That's right. Yeah, yeah. we're coming up to our 30th anniversary next year. Wow. Um, I, I don't know if you remember in November the uh, government launched the gender equality in higher education. Yeah. Um, and part of that was uh, the reason that they. And part of it was a number of gender-specific professorships. Yeah. Um, not women-only professorships, I should point out. Gender-specific. <laughs> so if an area was dominated by one gender or the other, they set aside yeah. new positions, created new positions okay. um, for the gender that was you know, disproportionately down. And the intention for that was to start closing the gap faster because yeah. on the, without that intervention, the projections were that it was going to take 20 years to see what? a fair proportion uh, of women in professorships in Ireland. 20 years. Oh 20 my years. goodness. Well, hopefully we'll get a nice surprise in maybe 10. <laughs> well, that was the intention of the, the intervention. And yeah. that's why um, Antishik Lee Radker at the launch was saying we have to we have to make these interventions to achieve change. Yeah. So with the extra professorships, they, they calculated that they could achieve equity in 10 years yeah oh. so hopefully yeah hopefully fingers crossed watch this space i think exactly <laughs> um if anybody would like to get any information about uh wits or women in technology and science is there a website that they can go to yes there sure is um, cool. we're um at witsireland.com witsireland.com cool um, and we're on social media we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn. So, oh, perfect. Can't miss us. Yeah, can't miss us. And <laughs> um, thanks very much for coming on. And hopefully, maybe in maybe next year, we'll get you on to tell us how how much better it's doing, and that even more more steps closer to not needing the organisation anymore. Which is a funny thing to be saying. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me on. No problem. Have a lovely day. Wasn't that really interesting? That really, really was. And Uh, I love, like, she was such a lovely person to interview and she she knew so much both both about wits and about the circumstances and everything. It was great. mm, Absolutely. And, I mean, you touched, as you said, on during that interview, you touched on um, being in an all-girls school. Mm. 
and you were talking about was it the the physics class that only yeah. had seven students it in it nearly like they got cancelled yeah actually I, I suffered from that one because it was either going to be physics or classical studies was going to be axed oh. and um, I wanted to do classics and they are like look physics is more important and oh they, no yeah now I wasn't I wasn't too sad because it was I was either going to do physics or not physics I, I was not a physics person. No. Um, I was either going to do classics or history because they're not a million miles apart. And um, so when they cut classics, I was just like, okay, right, history it is. Like, I changed my choice, like, there and then. Yeah. And the principals was like, are you sure you don't want to go home? I was like, nah. But, like, for other people, like, it was a big decision and it just su- kind of sucked that yeah. that was it. And to be, though, to be fair, I'm surprised that they, they kind of put it down to that and that physics, what I, I guess it must it would have looked very 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 bad if yeah. if they cut physics and classics was actually only newly a leaving cert subject in in my school mm-hmm. um I think it was only its sec- second year so it wasn't that big a deal yeah we didn't yeah. have classics yeah see that's mm. it it's not in a lot of schools um but obviously physics is in every school mm. but no there was a lot of kind of I missed out on a lot in going to an all girls yeah now to be fair I. As I mentioned, I didn't have metalwork or woodwork or anything like that, mm. and I I never kind of had an interest in that. I wasn't I wasn't a tinkering kind of child. Yeah. Like I was curious, but I wasn't one to tinker. So I myself personally didn't miss out. I love metalwork. Yeah, see, my <laughs> brothers did it, and um, like I know there's definitely girls in my year who definitely would have loved it, yeah. and that opportunity was taken away because they were girls. <laughs> why Why would they need that? There was no girls in my metalwork class. Just I, I'm just dawning on me now. Yeah. There was no, was there? There was one. Yeah. There was one girl in my metalwork class, and I don't even think she lasted until the junior cert. I think she might yeah. have changed, because um, I only did it for the junior cert. I didn't continue it for the leaving cert because yeah. I had to choose between art and metalwork, and uh. I was always I was always doing art right until the leaving cert. I knew that's yeah. what I wanted to do. It was one of those things. Yeah. It was that was the class that made me want to go in some days. You know that. Kind yeah. Of thing. It was that and biology. They were yeah. two. That, I loved biology. Biology, art, and geography. Oh. And the geography doesn't get included in the sciences, and I suppose it kind of is. No, it, it is. It still it, is. Yeah. When applying for science courses in college, uh, geography and home ec are considered mm. sciences as oh, well. Okay, well, I did geography yeah. as well. I love geography was my best subject. I was atrocious loved at it. geography. I dropped that one third year because, like, I think I got a D in the junior cert. Like, oh, yeah, and geography. I got, I got like a B. Yeah, everybody cert, got Bs, and or, oh, no, take, no, sorry, no, take no, that away from no. Me. I was about to say in ju- in junior cert, <laughs> in, like, no, leaving cert. Was very very hard. Yeah. My friend did it, and oh, I'm so, I'm so I glad. Loved it. I I just I did not have the brain for it. Um, but like junior cycle, it was it was wasn't tricky. Mm. Like um, it was it was interesting, but my brain just said no. Um, I found what I liked about it was. I am one of those odd people who's interested in geology and the closest, I don't know, maybe schools in other parts of the world have geology as a science subject, but in Irish schools, it's like physics, what's it, it's it's physics, chemistry, chemistry, biology, biology. and in my my school, we had phys chem. What? It was one subject. We didn't have separate physics and chemistry because there is, there's a lot of crossover. Yeah. And there's a class for both. Like there is physics, there's chemistry, there's biology, but then on the leaving cert, there is actually a phys chem kind of thing oh. and it was just my school had I assume just low uptake yeah. rates when it came to either one of the two Yeah. and with, with my school we had phys chem yeah. now maybe they've changed it since but that's what we had and with me I really wanted to do physics oh. but I had no interest in chemistry uh-huh. so that's the problem with phys chem and to yeah. be fair I was crap at maths <laughs> but uh, no I loved I, I loved getting to do the the kind of um, 
the geology side of of biology and yeah. I, I like all my different rocks and stuff oh. <laughs> I'm, one of those, I'm, I'm a rock geek a little bit <laughs> <laughs> the music as well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but the did, real reason you were interested in it just to ask a question if you don't mind me asking yeah. with, with your school when you were you know going through all these stuff with, with the different science subjects and mm-hmm. feeling you kind of missed out on stuff mm-hmm. did you feel it was more that the school wasn't pushing you to do these subjects or was it just the general feeling was just it was kind of there was no push to do these subjects. Was oh, it, it was the school. It was the school. Yeah, um, like because it was. No, I, I. And we won't name the school. Obviously. Oh, of course not. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, and it, like it's been a while since I was in school, mm. and I just I didn't like it. I, I there was a some now some of the teachers were amazing. Like my my Irish teacher was a godsend he was the loveliest man and he was so enthusiastic (laughs) like he he just genuinely loved Irish and I did higher higher level Irish and I really wanted to drop down and he was like no you can do it and I was like no sir I really don't think I can but he believed in me and I was like okay I'll do do it for him and I passed I got I did higher level for leaving cert and he was like no I knew you could do it and like so it was just and in some cases, it was a luck of the draw because, yeah. like, there was multiple teachers for multiple subjects, and in a lot of my cases, I just got the short straw with my mm. teacher when it came to some of the subjects, which was a big pity. But like, um, my biology teacher, she was my first year maths teacher, and then I had her for leaving cert, and again, she was she like she had your back and. Yeah. She was so encouraging and enthusiastic and even for the kind of boring bits of biology, like we did plant reproduction for a long time. I kind of like that stuff. Oh, it killed me. It killed the entire class. I was a biology freak. I love biology. I I still to this day kind of wish I'd done it in college. Really? Yeah, a little bit. Even our teacher was just like, look, girls, I'm sorry. I know it's the last chapter on it. It's going to be fine. Because, I mean, it's interesting for, like, you know, the first three chapters and yeah. then when you're doing it for like eight weeks you're just like I don't care about <laughs> the phloem and xylem cells hey you leave them phloem and xylem cells alone <laughs> um, but, I read um, some of that stuff by choice yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but weirdly enough just kind of going from the subjects that weren't in my school I mean we didn't we also didn't have the facilities like we didn't have space for a metalwork room or mm. anything like that but um, the school down the road for me was an all boys school didn't have home ec did you do any crossover? No. Because I know with, there was a friend of mine went to an all-boys school mm-hmm. and what they used to do was there was some of the girls in that school who like really wanted to do yeah. the likes of metalwork and woodwork and there was some of the guys in the school who really wanted to do um, home ec. Yeah. Enough of both yeah. that it actually made sense for them because they were literally like they were very close to each other. Yeah. I can't remember what the schools were. Yeah. Um, that they would actually go across the road and swap. Oh yeah, like we were only down the road from each other, mm. but uh, no, that never ever came so up. So you could have probably done it, like, had they had the school cared enough or bothered to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But see, it blows my mind that, like, okay, in an ordinary, maybe mixed school, I mm. could nearly see how, you know, they might look at it kind of like, oh, pushing the boys to do this, the girls mm. to do that. It blows my mind that in an all-girls school, which has these subjects, mm. there wasn't a massive push to get the girls to want to do these subjects. Yeah, because sure were girls. Sure, what were we going but to be doing after school? There. there was hardly any boys in the class they could get ah. to do it instead. Ah, but sure, like, I mean... <laughs> um, but sure, like, reasons. <laughs> oh, I'm very... As you can see, I do not hold a grudge against my school in oh, any way. of course not, no. Shape or form. But no, to be fair, um, 
I think it was fantastic. He's kind of he's touched mm. on a lot of that during the yeah during the interview. And, uh, no, it was a great interview. As she you was said, so lovely. She was. She was really yeah, nice. Yeah. And, and I love that when you can se- you can tell how enthusiastic mm. someone is. And again, it was just the word like, oh, I really hope we don't have to talk to you next year. <laughs> so, or maybe not next year. But it's like, you know, in 10 years time, I hope your organisation flops. <laughs> and <I really laughs> because it's not needed anymore. We really appreciate her coming on with a sore throat, getting over it. Yeah, getting God, over throat love infection. her. Yeah. Oh, I... I felt her pain like I always get throat infections mm. and I was just like you don't want to do anything no. so I really really appreciated that <laughs> <laughs> uh, no it was it was great and mm. I think um, you're bang on hopefully that's an organisation that doesn't have to exist because yeah. they were talking about like um, a possible 20 year yeah. plan and how hopefully you said it yourself hopefully yeah. we end up more talking more 10 years Yeah, I still think that's ridiculous I know like it's 10 years We'll I be know. in our 30s, you know, like, God, <laughs> think about like, it that way. It's so weird. <laughs> Hopefully we're not in our 40s Yeah, when this becomes a thing. And so on and so forth. Like, mm. like I mean, it is shocking. And I do think it's important to have these kind of organisations to hammer it home. Because yeah. you do get people who's like, Asher, that doesn't happen anymore. Yes, it does. Yeah. Just because it's not happening to you doesn't mean it's not happening yeah. at all. Or that like, no, everybody's like, everybody understands this now. And like, women, of course, can do these jobs. It's like... Yeah, but even inside the jobs, there's that, like, there's not always a welcome party. Yeah, and I think the important thing to remember is getting better doesn't mm. mean already gotten there. Yeah, exactly. Because just obviously, undoubtedly, these things are getting better. Mm. You know, you're not going to have a situation, say, like uh, that case where you have a, a team of you know, two and a half thousand people. Yeah. And, you know, that, you know yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen Times as much Times do now. change. Yeah. But things are better. We're not trying to be all doom and gloom. Yeah. Things are better and things yeah. have improved. And these amazing women that we focused on earlier mm. on in the show are a big part of why yeah. things have gotten better and things have improved. And yeah. a lot of these people are trailblazers. Because I think if we say nothing has improved, then we're, we're kind of yeah. completely disregarding the, the work that these amazing oh, people did. And small changes matter. Yeah. There was a time when, I suppose, girls probably couldn't have even done science subjects in school. Yeah. Wouldn't have oh, allowed for do sure. Them. Yeah, yeah. So we're not trying to be all doom and gloom. Yeah. We're just saying that there's still a ways to go. And it was a while ago that I was in that school. So for mm. all I... And I have made a point of never going back. Um, so, like, it's... Uh, um, for all I know, they do have those subjects yeah. there now. <clears throat> they absolutely could. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's just about kind of realising that, as we said, just because there's been improvements, it doesn't mean we're where we need to be. Mm. Exactly. Well put. Mm. Well put. <laughs> um, but I think we're going to get on to our news now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got our news segment of Yay. the show. Um, we've got some really interesting news stories to go. Um, I, as I said, we're going to spend a little... We've, we've got like a good few minutes here at the end of the show to spend on news. So we're yes, going to kind for of... for once. Yeah, we're going to give it a good one. This one, I am really interested in this because <clears throat> I'm the kind of person who I don't have... My winter clothes and my summer clothes. I just have my clothes. <laughs> yeah, I, I have my clothes a, and hoodies. Yeah, that's an, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I wear the same clothes in the winter. I just wear a hoodie over them. Yeah, like I am wearing a very short skirt, but I have thick tights and a jumper on. It's fine. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> that's just the Irish in us, though. I think yeah. we never prepare for the weather. Yeah. But scientists have developed a forced fabric that automatically cools and insulates <gasps> depending on conditions. Ooh. So, just to give you a little blurb on how this works before we talk about it. Does it come um, tight? Well, I, uh, hopefully it will come in, in multiple <laughs> colours. Uh, researchers have engineered a new fabric. It's a synthetic yarn and it has a, it's coated with carbon nanotube. And basically it's activated by temperature and humidity. So the way they describe it here is um, it releases heat um, when warm and hum- in, in warm and humid conditions. So it lets the heat out, yeah. lets the heat escape. But when it senses cold conditions, it holds the heat in. Very cool. 
So in other words, if you're wear, you could wear the same t-shirt, you could wear that jumper on a really warm day and it would let the heat out off oh. your body. So you could, you'd feel a lot cooler. This is the stuff I need. Isn't that just <laughs> absolutely fantastic? And this is the kind of stuff that could exist. Yeah. Oh, oh, I really want this. I think it's such a good idea. Because I'm also a person who hates the heat. I hate the heat. Hate heat? <clears throat> yes, I remember you complaining quite a lot during yes. the summer. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. The main thing the is, winter. I get so cranky. I'm impossible to be around. I'm just <laughs> like, I'm too hot. I don't feel nice. Moan, moan, moan. But whereas in the in the winter, like I'm cold, <laughs> and then I'll focus all my energy on heating myself up. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm yeah. I don't know. I can be like that. I'm not as extreme. Mm. If I'm really cold <laughs> or really warm, I'm not happy. But if mm. I'm just cold or just warm and grand yeah. but this would I think this would be perfect yeah. for most of us I think it'd yeah. be great to have um, and a great for um, for adventurers you know <laughs> I know that's not the correct term but I like to call adventurers. them adventurers yeah but like you know like hikers and stuff like video that video game characters yeah <laughs> <laughs> no I get you completely yeah, yeah but I like different they. when you're going especially say hikers when you're going from two different altitudes where it could be like super warm when you start yeah. and then as you go <clears> up <throat> and like you know pitch camp and all this it would be very very helpful and you know where I think it'd be fantastic is shoes yeah. Like the amount of times like wearing I mean I'm wearing Vans at the minute and they mm. they don't breathe too much. Yeah. So on a cold day sometimes they're too cold. Yeah. Because they they're not they're canvas, they're canvas yeah. shoes, they're not super warm. And then on a warm day because they don't breathe too well. Yeah, it does. You like, can get very sweaty and horrible. Yeah. Whereas if they were made out of that kind of a fabric where yeah. on a warm day they'd actually let more of the heat out and yeah. they keep your feet cool. Moderate. And on a cold day they'd keep the heat in because yeah. you'd build up a lot of heat. Yeah. I think that'd be brilliant. That would be really good. And is this in the early stages or is it? Um, well, the research is still kind of currently ongoing. Okay. Um, but they have actually already engineered this fabric. Like, it's not just theoretical. It exists. They oh, have good. engineered so this fabric already. So it's passed all the tests and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it does exist. Cool. Now, it's obviously in the early stages, it would be very expensive. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this, this fits into how I think wearable technology is going to go. Mm. To where it's going to be just like light skin tight stuff that's not like yeah. super heavy and like a watch you know? I just thought of Ned Flanders <laughs> nothing at all oh my god <laughs> stupid sexy Flanders um, this is a cool one talking biology stuff fish appear to recognise themselves in a mirror <gasps> yes mm. my little friend uh, it's a specific type of cleaner fish uh, has responded to, it can respond to its own re- reflection and has actually been seen to try to remove marks from its body so it understands that what it's seen in the mirror is a and that's understand actually, that it's dirty and it's trying to clean itself. That is massive. Mm. Humans don't go through that until they're at least two. Like mm. two is when you go through the mirror stage and that is actually huge. Well, this is the go- like considered the gold standard in, yeah. in determining self-awareness in animals. Exactly, like yeah. And very few animals have it. Mm. Like, do you ever hold like your, your dog or, or I always hold my cat up to a mirror and be like, that you! <laughs> yeah, and they haven't got a clue. Yeah, like, they like They try to attack it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there's actually some fish and it's apparently it's made them have to rethink now what um, animals, because we would just consider intelligence based on our own mm. sort of idea of intelligence. And there's certain things like, ah, fish couldn't be that. Yeah. Well, well it seems that some types of fish could be self-aware. Yeah. And talking about cool little animals and things they do, bees can do basic maths. What? Yeah, uh, researchers. My uh, fuzzy friends. Yeah, they wanted to test if. Uh, bees could do maths yeah. so they basically they were building on a concept that or actually not even a concept findings actual findings that bees could understand the concept of zero they could understand zero wow. um, which is actually we see that as nothing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended but that's actually a really complex idea yeah. like it's a, it's a very com- complex concept 
That's and really cool. Bees can understand it. Now, this new study has built on top of it where they use colours to symbol to symbolise addition and subtraction. And the bees can actually understand Ah. what they're being told to do and they can actually use that and they have found that these bees can grasp basic mathematical operations. That's fantastic. Go mm. bees. I always like just... Yeah. <laughs> I, I think bees are great. I think That's so fantastic. too. Fantastic. I love watching bees just like they're potter around. They're so cute. I saved a bee over the summer. Oh. Yeah, I, I soaked tissue in the in sugar water mm. um, and I rescued it. Oh. And just remember, like bees won't hurt you. No. Bees are fine. Bees, bees will only sting you if you put them in danger. Yeah, and if they're so scared that they think they're going to die anyway. Now, if you're allergic to bees, obviously <gasps> yes, run. run the other way. But uh, <laughs> Do not go pet one. If you're not allergic to bees, yeah. it's fine. Just sit there and they're watch friends. the bee fly around. They're yeah. friendly. Yeah. Bees are friends. They're working hard. Mm. Uh, new pill that can deliver insulin through the stomach. Oh, um, wow. This is actually a big deal um, yeah. for people who suffer with diabetes, obviously. Yeah. Um, where basically you'll take this pill and it, it administers the insulin orally. That's because amazing. Because the minute you have to inject. Inject it, yeah. <clears throat> and obviously for people who don't like needles, mm. this will be amazing. But also just for um, just general quality of life stuff. Yeah. Normality in that um, when you've got other conditions, all you do, you, you take a tablet in the morning and you're, you're doing yeah. your sorted. And people with diabetes have to live with a condition where they can't just do that. Yeah, so, and monitor everything. Yeah, so just to add a little bit of normalcy back to people's yeah. lives where it's just, just taking a tablet, you know, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, I think that's unreal. It's going to be great. Mm, absolutely. Um, the, there, there's been questions asked as well. Oh, actually, no, this is a cool one because we haven't really got much time. I'm, we're just going to finish on this one. We have more that we could talk about another time. But the first dexterous and sentient hand prosthesis has oh, been successfully cool. implanted. Um, it was a Swedish, Swedish patient. Uh, he had his hand amputated below the elbow. Uh, was the first uh, recipient of these neuromuscular implants. Mm-hmm. And basically, he can completely control um, a prosthetic hand. Amazing. So this is the first of its kind. Yeah. It's, it's a sentient piece of prosthetics, essentially. That this is, is like, so amazing. We talked before about having to do an episode on prosthetics. Yes, and basically for sure. Where they're coming. This has basically made it that like, we have to now. We yeah. absolutely have to cover this because it's amazing. That is so, so cool. I think we're there already. Like yeah. We're at a point now where people can actually... It's a thing. It, once this technology is fully ready to go. And it's actually clinically viable now. This is the first time it's actually been clinically viable to do this so we can finally actually do it now oh my god that's so exciting amazing but we're out of time we are indeed we are sadly out of time that absolutely flew (laughs) (laughs) nothing new there though no Um, so thank you guys for listening yes Um, thank you we do have to just sign off really quickly so uh, we will be back next week Uh, I hope everybody enjoyed it see you next week stay safe